Hey, this is Andre Butler, pastor of Faith Experience Church. You're listening to the Faith Experience Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this message helps you engage your faith and experience the future God has for you. Amen. You know, there is an epidemic of loneliness in our country today. Uh, it's wild that we're in a world that is more, than, more connected than ever, and yet people feel more disconnected. I came across a U.S. News article, and I want to just read a few things to you from it. The opening, opening line was, Americans are lonely. Almost half report feeling alone or left out nearly all of the time. According to Cigna's U.S. Loneliness Index, 46% of Americans report feeling lonely sometimes or always. 43% report feeling they lack companionship and their relationships lack meaning. Only 27% feel they belong to a group of friends. And 20% rarely if ever, feel close to others. Experts say that loneliness is just as much of a health risk as being obese and almost as much as smoking. An American Psychological Association study says that lonely people are at a greater risk for premature death. And get this, this might surprise you. The most lonely generation is not the oldest generation. That's the least lonely generation. The most lonely generation is Generation Z. They're 18 to 22. The second most lonely generation are millennials, 23 to 37. Then when you talk about men, because men are typically more lonely than women, there was a Boston Globe article that mentioned that the biggest threat facing middle-aged men isn't smoking or obesity. It's loneliness. As men grow older, they tend to let their friendships lapse. When people with children become overscheduled, they don't shortchange their children. They shortchange their friendships. Bottom line is, what I just finished describing probably uh, applies to half the people in this room that you're dealing with some level of loneliness, that you have a need for authentic, meaningful relationships. And so what I want to share today, what I'd like to do today, is tackle the challenge of loneliness and to help you to actually find freedom and family through authentic relationships. So the title of my message today is, Who's Your Crew? Who's Your Crew? And I want to start in Genesis chapter 2, and let's just see what the Bible says about these things. And in Genesis chapter 2, of course, in chapter 1, we see God creating the earth. We read chapter, oh, day 1 through day 6. At the beginning of chapter 2, we read day 7. And then it kind of goes back in time and gives us a little bit more information about what happened on day 6. And so on day 6, we know God created the man. Then God gave him a job. You notice God gave man a job before he gave him a woman. I just had to throw that out there. Anyway, um, so then in verse 18 it reads, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. 
Notice the word alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. He was talking about a woman, his wife. But I want you to notice that Adam, as we know his name was, was not actually alone. He had God. I mean, he had God, God himself. The Bible says he would come down and walk in the garden and talk with Adam. And yet God looked at this man and said, he's alone. This isn't good. In fact, this is the only time, the first time in the Bible we say God, we see God saying something is not good. He's saying this isn't good. This is not going to work. This man is alone. But the man had God. And often we say that, you know, there is a God-sized void in the heart of every person on this planet that only God can fill, and that's absolutely true. But what is also true is there is a man-sized void in the heart of every person, and only other people can fill it. In one sense, saying Jesus is all you need is saying something that isn't true. Because you don't just need Jesus, you need Jesus' people. John 13, 34, we see something that Jesus said. He said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love, notice these two words, one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. You know, just in the New Testament alone, you find the phrase one another 59 times. God talks about, you know, forgiving one another, putting up with each other, praying for each other, loving each other. God clearly has a plan. Part of his plan was for his people to do life together. And when they would do life together, then they'd be fulfilled then they'd be happy. In fact, I, I came across something this week, and I, I just remembered it now, but, you know, it was talking about how sometimes doing life with other people can be difficult, but it's better than doing life alone because God's plan was for his people to do life together, to have authentic, meaningful, consistent connections with others that are following God. That's when your life can be, when your life will be full. You know, I played basketball, and of course, you know, I played at every level from elementary to middle school to high school. I had a chance to play after high school at a small Bible college in, in Oklahoma. And, you know, I, one of the things that I miss from my playing days, I mean, I still try to play, but you know. One of the things I miss is just hanging out with the guys. And, you know, I, I just remember one day just like, man, you know, I miss the bus rides. I miss, you know... People being stupid, somebody throwing something, somebody playing a joke, somebody, you know, just doing something. And, you know, because we were on a team, we had to be together. We had to spend time together. And so we did life together. And sometimes people got on your nerves, and sometimes somebody got in a fight, but still, it was worth it. And, and it's because we need that as people, and God knows that. And that's why his plan is for us to do life together to, to do, make sure that we're with one another. 
I like what one preacher said. He said, the Christian life is more than just a commitment to Christ. It includes a commitment to other Christians. It is meant to be shared. When we think about Christianity in America, often we think about it just being a one-on-one thing. But Christianity is about more than believing. It's about belonging. And the world is looking. There are people here that may not be a Christian today, and yet what I'm talking about is registering with them because we all want to belong. We all want a family. We want a real family, a real connection. Well, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9 says this, two people are better off than one. Two are better than one. Two are better than one. Let that sink in for a minute. This is God talking. For they can help each other succeed. What's implied here is, and it's really interesting, that the word better here is actually the same word as good in Genesis chapter 2. And, and so what he's telling us here is it's good when there's more than one person because you can get more done. Because, uh, you know, I like how the Bible talks about in one place, one will put 1,000 to flight and two will put 10,000 to flight. Because when, two, when people work together, there can be an even greater reward. There's greater compensation because, you know, you're, you're accomplishing more. He says, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. They're in trouble. One reason is because they may not be able to get up. They may never get up because they don't have anybody to help them. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? We can definitely relate to the desire to be warm around here right now. You know, usually when you talk to people, you might say, all right, have a good day. But what I was saying all week was stay warm. Stay warm. Right? Can you imagine if you had to be outside and, and, and you guys trying to make it through the night and, and it's just you by yourself how you could freeze to death. But if it's two of you, you can at least kind of huddle together. You might make it. That's his point. Sometimes that's how life is. You need somebody else to help you just get through this. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So notice something here that we can get from this. There there are going to be times where you will fall. That's not a bad confession. That's just life. The Bible says a just man falls seven times and rises up again. There are going to be times when you will fall and you will need help. There will be times when you'll be overwhelmed and you need somebody to come and stand back to back with you and fight this thing off. There are going to be times where you'll need other people. And that's why the Bible is saying it's good to, for, for there to be more than one in your life, more than just you. It's good for there to be two. It's good for there to be three. It's good for there to be four. It's good for you to have a crew of people that can be there to support you when you're going through tough times. This was a couple of years, I guess years ago now because this guy doesn't, doesn't even play football anymore. But I remember seeing a football game, I guess it had to be about 10 years ago, it was a quarterback by the name of Byron Leftwich, And he was really good in college. And he got hurt right near the end of the game. His team's trying to win the game, 
and he really hurt his ankle really bad. I mean, he really couldn't even barely walk. But he was able to hike the ball and back up and throw it. And so the team is trying to come back. The clock is running. The crowd's going crazy. And, and so what, what happened is after every play, after he threw the ball, his offensive lineman would come and literally pick him up and carry him up to the line of scrimmage. And they run the next play. And they pick him up and carry him to the and they won the game. I never forgot that. I was like, man, is that not what team looks like? Is that not sometimes what we need in life, that I'm doing everything I can to do what God's called me to do, and bam, this happens to me. But I still got to do what God called I still want to get here in my marriage and my job, my career, and I need somebody to pick me up and just get me, get me across the finish line, get me in the end zone. I saw a video this week. I wanted to use it today, but, you know, you can't just grab stuff off of social media and use it publicly. I almost did it anyway, but then, I, you know, I'd be in sin, and then I'd be trying to preach. So that wouldn't, I don't, I don't know. But, man, it was a touching video. I mean, there was this guy, and he, he clearly was wheelchair-bound, and it was his wedding. So it started with his wife, you know, kind of laying across his lap, and she's kissing him, and then she backs up, and then, you know, the music starts playing. And he had two chairs next to him, and two of his friends came and sat down next to him. Then they strapped something on their legs and on his leg, both of them. Then they all stood up together, and so now he is standing with them on each side, and then his wife came up, and he had his wedding dance with his wife. You know, so people were like, they're posting, oh, man, I'm crying. I wasn't crying, but I was like, wow. Like, I'm feeling more than I want to feel right now. I'm a man. Come on. Come on. Sometimes in life, we need that. And that's what the Bible is telling us. God understands that. So he's telling you, hey, man, two are better than one. Don't underestimate the importance of friends. Don't underestimate how you might need authentic, you need those relationships to, to help you through life, to help you to succeed. I saw something again the other, uh, and I, I'm using sports illustrations because I love sports, and if you can't tell, but. Uh, just, just a couple of weeks ago, there was a, a game, a, high school, a college game, I'm sorry. I don't even know who was playing, but this video has been showed over and over again. It's been shared a lot. And there was a, 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 a basketball player, and I don't know what he did wrong, but he's kind of walking down the court with his head down. And his teammate rushed up to him and just put his head up and just walked away. Sometimes you need somebody to help you just move on to the next play. That's just life. Look, Proverbs 27, 17 says this way, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. This implies that, you know, we do need to be sharpened. You know, our lifestyle, how we live, how we think, what we believe. And what's really interesting about this scripture is that this scripture doesn't say that you'll be sharpened by reading the Bible, although the Bible will do that for you. It doesn't say you'll be sharpened by praying. Once again, that will help you to do so. But this is telling us you'll be sharpened by a friend. That having a relationship, an authentic relationship with a friend will help you to become sharp. And you know, what's implied with this is that there might be some friction. They might say something you don't want to hear. You know, one individual said this, enemies stab from behind, but friends stab from the front. You sometimes need somebody to stab you and get your attention. And you ought to allow somebody in your life to do that. 
Somebody in your life should know your issues and be able to get in your face without you knocking them out. Because you know they love you. And even if you don't agree, you know where they're coming from. But that doesn't just happen. Relationships are like bank accounts. You have to make consistent, intentional deposits for what you need to be there when you need it. He's telling us iron sharpens iron like a man sharpens his friend. John Maxwell said this. He said, one is too small a number to achieve greatness. We actually need each other's help so we can reach our full potential. Notice what God's telling us here. You need a crew. You need authentic relationships. But not just with anybody. Proverbs 13 verse 20 says this. He who walks with wise men will be wise. Who are you walking with? Turn to and ask him, who are you walking with? Who, who are you hanging out with? So, if you, so I love this because you might be a fool. But if you hang out with wise men long enough, they'll make you wise. But the other side of that is the companion of fools. That word fool means to be stupid and silly. Will be destroyed. So it didn't tell me if I'm wise, I'll succeed. And if I'm a fool, I'll be destroyed. He said if I hang out with wise men, I'll be wise and I'll have success. If I hang out with fools, then I'll be destroyed. Do you realize your friends determine your future? You know, we don't like to admit how much we're influenced by other people, but we are. That doesn't just stop when you're a teenager. Peer pressure isn't something that just, you know, that just applies to somebody who happens to be in school. It impacts everybody. I mean, if you look at the world today, it's all just a big popularity contest. You especially see this on social media. If you're not a part of the quote-unquote in crowd, my goodness, they will destroy your reputation. And the in crowd, unfortunately, happens to be the sin crowd. No, the truth is we are really influenced by people around us, and your friends determine your future. So we're not just saying you got to have authentic relationships, because some of us, we might have some authentic relationships with some people, but it, it, we really don't need to because they are fools. And the Bible says you keep hanging out with the food, they'll destroy you. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, don't be fooled by those who say such things. Get this, for bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. Good, uh, the one word that's used, if you look study the original Greek, because the New Testament is translated from the Greek, is moral habits. You keep hanging around the wrong people and the good moral habits that you used to have. You didn't used to cuss. You didn't used to smoke. There was a time when you weren't sleeping around. We can go on and on and on. Eventually, all of that gets corrupted. What were good habits turns into bad habits simply because of who you're hanging out with. Who's your friend? Who's got your ear? Psalm 1 says, blessed is a man that walketh not and the counsel of the ungodly. So you, are, you do have to be careful to make sure you have the right kind of friends. Your re- relationships must be with godly people who 
are actually interested in helping you have real success in life. You know, just to, to illustrate this point a little bit more, the Bible talks about King Solomon and how King Solomon was the wisest man in the world and the richest man in the world. And the way he got there was because he knew God. You know, our, our, our vision here is we want people to experience the future God has for them, and that means knowing God. You know, find freedom, discover purpose, make a mark. But it starts with knowing God. He knew God. God appeared to him in a dream and said, hey, what do you want? And instead of asking for money or instead of asking for, you know, the, his enemies to be destroyed, he said, I just want a hearing heart so I can judge your people well. I just want wisdom. And God said, man, because you asked for that, because you weren't selfish, I'm going to give you wisdom and everything else that you didn't ask for. So this guy gets this, you know, legendary wisdom. And this wisdom carries him throughout his entire life. He wrote three books of the Bible. You know, he has a trilogy of his own. Song of Solomon, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. And there's a story in all of that. I won't get into that right now for time's sake. And yet at the end of his life, after God had done all of this, the Bible says his heart turned away from God. And the last we read about Solomon is that he's not right with God. I mean, I don't really know if when we get to heaven, that if Solomon's going to be there. What did that? Well, the Bible says he was, you know, involved with strange women, women that did not serve God, and they turned his heart. Now, if Solomon's heart could be turned, don't tell me yours couldn't be. Don't tell me your friends won't have much of an influence on you. And there's a difference between being a friend with someone, having a relationship with someone. I'm not telling you you can't speak to people. You can't be nice to people. I'm not telling you you can't ever be around certain people. You can win. You can win by being a friend. Have a relationship with people for the purpose of winning them. But they can't be your friends, your boys. Come on now. Who you hanging with. There's a difference. There's a certain part of your heart that they can't. They can't penetrate. There's a certain amount of your life that they can't be a part of. There's, there's got to be a balance here. Sometimes people go too far and, you know, oh, you stinky sinner. Well, you know, you kind of stinky too. Thank God for the blood to wash away your sins, but that's not what God's saying. But then we go to the other side and, you know, I'm going to get you saved by hanging out in the bar with you. Let's go to the club and dance it up and I'm going to tell you about Jesus. Let's hit the strip club, and I'm going to tell you how, you know, like, like, no, you ain't, you ain't went. They have won you, Christian, right? No, you, you, you can't. They're, 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 you have to understand that those people who, who are really your friends, your crew, need to be people, be people who are godly. Acts chapter 2 and verse 46 really shows us, or chapter, oh, my goodness, chapter 4. I thought I was moving farther along, farther along than I was. I'm going to skip it. Acts chapter 2, verse 46. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm going to do Acts chapter 4. I'm sorry, y'all, in the back. I'm sorry. It says, and with great power gave the apostles, the, power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Well, this is talking about the apostles, and they'll probably get on the screen in a moment. Oh, look at y'all. Y'all rolling. All right. And, and, you know, this is after Jesus died. He rose again, and then there's 11 apostles, and then they, they chose a 12th apostle. And the Bible is saying that the apostles, 
It wasn't just Peter. It wasn't just John. All of them with great power. That word power literally means miraculous power, meaning they were doing miracles. And they were doing miracles as a way to give witness. That word witness means evidence to the fact that Jesus was uh, risen from the dead. So they're basically saying, hey, man, Jesus is alive. You don't believe me? Let me prove it to you. Let me get you healed right now. Now what do you think? So the Bible says that they're doing all these miracles and people are believing in Jesus. And there's this huge revival, this move of God that happens in Jerusalem. They go from what was 120 to 100,000 in about five years. And what, what, and, and what you can see from that was that God needed them to be together. He needed them to be united. He needed them to be a crew so uh, that he could get his purposes accomplished, so he could reach people. Some of the most popular movies in the world right now are the Avengers films. And if you, if you ever paid attention to any of those films, you know, they're all individual films. You know, you have Iron Man's films and the Hawks films. And so, but then, you know, every once in a while we have a film where they all come together. Why? Because the only way you're going to save the world is if we all come together. Right? And that's really what God's thinking. God also needs you to have authentic relationships. He needs you to have that. He needs you to have a crew. He needs you to, to, to do your part with them while they do their part. You know, I got a Matthew Stafford jersey on, and nowadays on sports radio, this guy is talked about like a dog. And I just don't agree with sports radio. Because they say this guy's horrible. They got to kick him out of town. And I don't know what it is about Detroit that when we have a good player and the team is bad, we always want to get rid of the good player. <laughs> Doing that now in basketball. Andre Drummond's awful. No, he's not. 20 and 20, that's great. But, you know, we just always want to get rid of the good player. So uh, people forget football is a team sport. Right? You can have all, who, no matter who your quarterback is, if nobody else on the field can do anything, He's losing, right? Same in basketball. You can have one or two good players, but everybody else think we got a problem. And that's what God thinks about when he looks at Detroit. It's not good enough to have this preacher here and this person here. See, I need all of y'all to be on it. And I need all of y'all to be on it together. One of the things we're about here at FX Church is we're not just about this church. We're about the Big C Church. We want all the churches in Detroit to do well. We really would like to do some things with some other churches. Why? Because we realize when we are united together in true relationship, we can reach even more people that are far from God. Two are better than one. God needs you to have a crew. Now, Acts chapter 2, verse 46. Now, let's see what God's, God did here. In fact, let me, let me say this. There is a term that I've been using that really kind of sums up what we all need and what God wants us to have, and that term is crew. And so I looked up the word crew in Merriam-Webster's dictionary, and it's defined as a group of people associated together in a common activity or by common traits or interests. So a group of people associated together in a common activity or by common traits or interest. You know, and one of the things we're doing here at FX Church is having what we like to call crews and crew meetings. And the goal is just simply to bring people together. And as we've said, if you look at the Bible, you would notice that 
Jesus had a crew. The apostles, after he left, had a crew. David had a crew. If you read about David's story, David didn't do all that by himself. There was David's mighty men. And the Bible talks about how one of those guys defeated, what was it, 800 men by himself. Another guy stood on the battlefield. Everybody was running, and he just stood there. He fought by himself, and he ended up winning the battle. I mean, those guys were mighty men. David had a crew. Paul had a crew. Whether it was Silas or Barnabas or Titus or any of those guys, you know, anybody who did anything great, they did it with a crew. And I believe that you need a crew, people who are godly, who, who love God and love you and will work with you to help God reach people that are far from God. You know, Philippians 1.27 says something. I'll just read it to you. It says that whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith. In this day and age where people are really being persecuted because of their faith, because of their beliefs, people lose their jobs, people's reputations are destroyed, this is the time when we really need each other. We need to know that when the world hates me, I got some folk that love me. I got a crew that's going to walk with me. And so in Acts chapter 2, we can see how the church got to this point where they all had crews and they were able to have this kind of success. And in verse 42, or verse 46, it says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Now, in Acts chapter 2, what we get is uh, the way God set up a church to operate. I, I like to call it God's blueprint for the church. You know, in other words, if I want to know how to have the success they had, this is what they did. This is what I need to look at. And once again, talking about football, you know, the uh, New England Patriots have been in, what is it, eight Super Bowls now? Nine. Thank you. Nine Super Bowls. Right? My man, Mr. Brady, has five Super Bowl victories, and I believe he'll have six after the day. Yes. So, I'm sorry, I went to Michigan, I'm a, and I actually went to Michigan when he went to Michigan, so I'm going to be a Brady guy. But, so what, what are you doing? Even in Detroit, what are the Lions trying to do? They went and got New England guys, brought them here, and said, do the same thing. And it's not the worst idea. That's all I'm going to say about that. Anyway, so what we're saying is, man, when I look at the, the, in the Acts chapter 2, and I look at the church in Jerusalem, FX Church Jerusalem, right? And I see all these miracles, all these people getting healed, all these people far from God going, you know, skipping hell and going to heaven. I'm going to say, okay, let me take what you did there and do that here. And what did they do? They didn't just have this. They didn't just meet in the temple. They didn't just meet publicly. They also met in smaller groups. This scripture happens to use the phrase house to house. There are many others. I won't take you there for time's sake. But Paul said, I preached to you publicly and from house to house. Acts chapter 5 says the apostles went and preached in Every house. There are many scriptures where the Bible says there was a church or an assembly or a crew in their house. In other words, they, they were a two-winged church. They didn't just meet on a Sunday morning. They also met in small groups. 
or what we like to call crews. And because they did both, they had the success that they had. See, there are things that you can get in this setting that you can't get in a small group. But there are things in a small group that you can get that you can't get in this setting. You know, there's no real question and answer here. There's no real discussion here. Y'all stuck listening to me. And whoever happens to be saying amen. Right? You don't, there isn't, that you, you need both. And what the problem that we often have with church, Christians often have, is we get this, but we're lonely. We get this, but we really, when, we, when we're in trouble, there's not really nobody to help us. We get this, but we're really not growing. We hear a message. We, we go to this church, but I, I'm, I'm really the same person that I was five years ago. In fact, I might be worse because we're trying to fly with one wing. But you need the other wing. you got to have relationship. We need more than the Bible to grow. We need each other. And the way that God made it happen was for them to not just have a habit of coming together like this, but it was also their habit to come together in smaller groups. It was their habit to not, not just have a small group, but come together so much so that you become a crew. One of the things that I've experienced with, I've had a number of, of groups over the years, and I have a couple of them right now. One of them is with a group of preacher's kids who are now senior pastors. And some of us, we knew we've known each other for a long time, but, you know, I had seen, hadn't seen them in 10 years. And one day, God just put it in my heart. You need to have a group with these guys. So we got on Google+, Plus, which would be dead in a week or whatever, but whatever. <laughs> and we started having a group. And so, you know, these guys are pastors, and, you know, at first we were kind of just talking and messing around. Eventually, we started to get to know each other. Then, you know, people would kind of show up with each other, conferences, and before, you know, we became a crew. And then folks start going through stuff. One of my friends, he ended up, you know, he's healthy. He's younger than I am. And one day, he just, he went into a coma. I think he had viral meningitis. I hope I'm saying that right. And, you know, they were basically saying, he, he's going to die. So what did our team do? Well, a number of our guys jumped in a car, drove down there. He was in Louisiana. I flew down there. We prayed for him. God eventually healed him. Now he's got it. He's literally, he's just on, I don't know if it was TBN or something, telling his story. I'm going to have him come preach to you guys, tell you his story. You know, but we were there for him. Another one of our guys, you know, he had a divorce. We were there for him. Another, another guy, you know, this guy actually got married. Another guy got married. We, and so we go throughout the story. I'm not going to spend all day talking about my, my guys, but we're a crew. When we needed each other, we were there. When we're celebrating something, we're there. I've got brothers. I didn't have that before. I made the very intentional step of trying to connect with them. Literally saying, hey, guys, this is what I want to do. I know it's taken out of my schedule. It's taken out of your schedule. But let's get online for an hour and let's just connect. And now my life is fuller because of it. And that's what God wants for you. And I will say one more thing. This crew that we got together, my, one of my friends, he tagged us the closers. Said our generation is the closers. You know, in baseball, the closer is the one that ends the game. And, you know, we're at the end of this thing. God's doing some great things. And we're like, hey, man, we're leading this thing. God's doing some great things through us. And he's about to do some great things through us. And that's what he wants to do with you. So here at FX Church, what we're doing today is we're launching our crews. And our crews here will provide a couple of things for you. Number one, a place to connect with other people. You know, that happened to David and Jonathan. They had an immediate bond. 
and there are some people in your life that there are some people that God has waiting for you, divine connections that God has in mind for you. And you can find that in your crew. Number two, a place to support. You know, if you're struggling or hurting, someone should know and help you. Number three, a place to grow. Just because you heard the Bible doesn't mean you're going to do it and prosper. Sometimes you need other people to help you to do what the Bible says. Number four, a place to win. There are probably some people in your life that don't know God that you cannot get to come to church on Sunday morning. They are not coming. But they might come to your crew meeting. They might hang out with your crew. And then number five, a place to have a faith experience. The Bible teaches that Jesus was sitting in a room one day, and the power of God was present to heal. And a man broke up a roof and came down, and he ended up getting healed. And if you look at Jesus' miracles, half of them happened in small group settings. When we come together, God does miracles in these settings. I've got a whole truckload of them listed in this book right here. I'm just not going to read them because I've been preaching too long. But bottom line is that God does miracles in these meetings. There are miracles, multiple miracles of people being healed, multiple miracles of people, hey, we're going to pray and believe God for a new car. And this is like a new car anointing on these things for some reason. People get new cars the next week. I mean, God just shows up just like he does here. He shows up there. So I want to end here. uh, Well, let me say this. We are not aiming to be a church with groups. We want to be a church of groups. We don't just happen to have groups of something else we do. No, we all are in a crew. And then we happen to come together on Sunday morning. Because that's when we will be the kind of church we want to be. And so I want to read Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. I'm rushing a little bit because there's something else I want to do with, with you guys today. And it reads this in this way. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. God's saying we ought not skip these type of things. Instead, we need to meet together. You shouldn't skip what God is doing at your church. Don't play Thomas. You remember when Jesus came back and the Bible says he walked through the wall and the apostles were like, oh my goodness. They were were just thrilled. He had risen from the dead. And there was one guy who wasn't there. Thomas. Can you imagine being Thomas? Like, what? Jesus? He just died. He just showed up in the room. He walked through the wall. And I missed it. Don't be Thomas. God is what we need. God is what we want. We want God to move and give us answers. And God's going to show up in these crew meetings just like he does on Sunday morning. Don't neglect coming together. Instead, join a crew. Stick with a crew. And fully experience the future that God has for you. Now, I want us to do something for a little bit here. and We're probably just going to take a few minutes. But you had a group that you met with a little earlier. I want you just now to go ahead, stand your feet, and find that group again. If you weren't a part of a group, find somebody around you that, that doesn't have a group. We're just going to take a few moments and discuss what we talked about today. So go ahead and stand up. Y'all walk. Y'all stand up like y'all all old and creaky. Y'all ain't been sitting that long. I didn't preach that long. <laughs> We're going to put the que- some questions on the screen. And I just want you to take about five minutes or so. And talk about these questions. So one of them, of course, would be simply to name some crews from the Bible. 
We mentioned a couple of them in the message. And then the second would be, who in your life has had a positive influence on you? Then you can tag on to that, who's had a negative influence on you? So go ahead right now, take about five minutes, and let's talk. Did y'all enjoy just spending a few minutes talking about some of these things? Some of y'all are like, man, why you stop us? I just wanted to give you a little taste test of what it's like to be a part of a crew. And I want to challenge you to join a crew today. What, how do I do that? Just go to the website, myfaithx.com. You'll see right there it says FX Crew. Do it today. We're actually going to start our crew meetings next week. So take this week and go ahead and just click on the link. Get connected. You'll be able to see on a map where crews are. There's anything close to you, any particular type that you like. We have some people who've been through our training, and I want to actually ask you to meet with me afterwards today. But we want everybody in this church to be in a crew because it's going to bless your life. Love for everyone to bow their heads and close your eyes. Just Thank for- you for tuning in to another Faith Experience podcast. Remember, God has a future for you.